Do oh you my think? god, Danny's underwear! Hey, Maniacs! Hey, Maniacs! It's Midsummer Maniacs. Midsummer Maniacs. Comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. Love. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. This week we are talking about season 20, episode four, The Lions of Coston. But before we get into it, I tell you one thing. You name a real gargoyle McBig boobs. <laughs> get some views. Boy, get some views. <laughs> I just have to wonder about the people who are Googling MC McBigboobs and finding <laughs> finding that real. Hearing Maybe you introduced them people. to Midsummer. Maybe I did. <laughs> There's a bunch of 14-year-old boys now into Midsummer. <laughs> For those of you not on Instagram, Twitter, or uh, YouTube, I posted a, a reel or a short, which is a tiny piece of the episode on Tuesdays. I'm going to post these now on Tuesdays. Yeah, were they like six seconds or something? Uh, they're looping. They're under like thirty seconds. Yeah. So this one was our discussion of the uh, gargoyle-like character in Hanging the background in the of the comic, comic book. book episode. Yeah. Right. It's to give you a little taste. Of it's what a little. Our, it's a little clip of the of the episode. Amuse bouche yeah. of the episode. <laughs> Specifically, did the one, names I came. The up first with. one I did was about the. The guy who got cooked. Yeah. And the faces that Barnaby made. The one that you did this week about the the April Fool's one well, was we'll get great. To, we'll get to that one. Okay. So, that, so I'm going to do those on Tuesdays just to promote us because people seem to like the reels. And, They're fun. And well, to be honest and to give you a little inside baseball stuff here, like somewhere in the neighborhood of 95% of the people looking at those are not subscribers. And that's what we want. We want to get people who are not watching the show. Now, if you watch the show and watch those and like them, thank you very much. And chuckle. You mean if you listen? Yeah. 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 But if it gets more people to listen, if it gets views from people who don't know about the podcast and don't know about Midsummer Murder. That is what we want. Yeah. So. All good. And then uh, it was April Fool's this week. So I did an April Fool's one because... April Fool's is fun. I wish some of those podcasts actually existed. So I did Coming Soon from the Maniacs Podcast Network, <laughs> which I wonder if I caught anybody. Yeah. that See, that was the real interesting thing to me. Like, Maybe one, like they saw the first one and then they thought, oh. Well, I, I did think about doing one that was the Manix Maniacs, which was <laughs> they went through every episode of Manix. Which is this seventies seventies CBS uh, crime drama That's show? Too niche. I don't even know if I could find it. No, don't send me links to Mannix. Okay, I'm a Columbo guy. Okay, and there's a Columbo podcast already that is really good. But Mannix Maniacs was one of them that I thought about. But we did midsummer related ones. There was career advice from Cully and a splendid table ripoff from Joyce. And where is Scott? Where is the Scott, true crime podcast true crime. about Scott and where yep. he went? Uh, the graveyards of Maz, uh, Midsummer County with uh, Dennis Rainbird. Dennis Rainbird. I'd I'd listen to that show. I would too, especially since he'd be a zombie. Yep. <laughs> and then Last Cottage on the left with the deep dive of of Lavoisin. Yeah. 
The real estate podcast from Midsummer. Only five people have died in this cottage. It's lovely. Yes. The, oh, well, yes. I know you're an old spinster lady and it is four and a half million dollars, but you can buy it. Yeah, of course. You have the money somewhere. The houses in the last episode and the houses in this episode are crazy. Mm-hmm. They're literally insane. Yeah. We're, we've gone from million dollar cottages, million pound cottages into $10 million homes. Mm-hmm. Like these but are. I'm okay with that because we get to look at them and they're beautiful. They, these are homes that are way beyond the people. Like I, he said he was like a third tier owner of a rugby team. Like there's not that much money in the sport at third tier. Like mm-hmm. I think that's only one tier above like team down like, teams. Yeah. <laughs> like high school teams. Yeah. <laughs> also this week is the newsletter. Comes out on Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to take a week off because I have a comic book convention next weekend, mm-hmm. which I'm going to go solve crimes at. And you wouldn't want me to record on my own. It would be crazy. Just the Sarah podcast. Or maybe people do want to hear me just on my own. I You're don't know. more than welcome to do it. <laughs> You're like, go ahead. If you can figure it out, go ahead. <laughs> if not, we'll return on the 18th of April. For episode 121, which is Till Death Do Us Part. And then the 25th of April, we'll do Send in the Clowns, which finishes off season six, uh, season 22, which means season 20, season 20, Mm. which means we'll have 21 and 22 to do. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Uh-huh. I am we have 10 I am brutally episodes. aware of this fact. A- after April we have 10 episodes. I know. Then then there'll be 9. I we'll know. Be in the single digits I know. of episodes. And we have to figure out what we're going to do. Well, we didn't talk about it last week, but we should have. They're filming new episodes. Yes. So I think t- we did mention that somebody showed the script. I think on an Instagram post. I think we talked about the water bottle, but not the not the script, yeah. Because the script has a title mm-hmm. of an episode, and it's like the Blackfire Murders or something. Yeah. So there will be a season twenty-three. That will be episode one thirty-three. So uh, I got to tell you, but it won't be out for like five years or something. So, Mrs. Dolman, you need to get on the stick. Yeah. <laughs> get it moving. Because if not, and we should be done roughly around the end of June. Mm-hmm. So. And then we'll move on to being mystery maniac. Yep. And we'll start diversifying. Yep. And it'll be fun. And what we we want you guys, who are our secret weapon when we move to Mystery Maniacs, mm-hmm. because you need to tell all of your friends who like mystery shows, yeah. who say, oh, I don't like Midsummer, but I like Poirot. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, now I it's got time. something for you. Or I don't like Midsummer. I like Agatha Christie. <laughs> okay. Well, well, okay. Poirot is Agatha Christie. Okay. Or. Murdoch people. Yeah. All those people. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to cover? All those people are jumping on the ship now. And you need to tell all those people. And they will once they know what we're doing. (laughs) Which requires us to know what we're doing. We have two months. We'll get it. We'll We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You ready to talk about rugby? Okay. The Lions of Coston. Why are they lions? I don't know. Why not? Uh, Hear them roar. I have a sneaky suspicion as why I think they're lions. I don't know why they practice in their game gear. Yeah, that's kind of weird. You usually don't do that. I think they're 
Lions because the first time you do a search for Lion Sports logo on any Google search, that lion comes up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you think the logo named the team? I think they were like, we need to have a name. Lion. Look up Lion. on. Oh, yeah, there's a there logo. There you go. It's a good logo. They do a lot of branding in this episode that's nice. It's, I want it's one of really those well done. Yeah, it's super well done. It's not as much as the the comic book episode. No. They it's so much for the comic book episode. Well, I'm going to say right off the bat, big, big footnote here. Yeah. I know nothing about rugby. Nothing. Very, very little. There is a ball that is shaped sort of like a football, and you can run and kick and tackle. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. If I was... In a rugby game and given a rugby ball, I would not know what to do with it. <laughs> what was allowed for me to do with it? Like, can you run it? Can you forward pass it? Can you backward pass it? They have this weird thing where they punch the ball mm-hmm. to make it go. It's almost like volleyball. Yeah. Like a serve almost. People say hockey is difficult to understand. They're, they're wrong. Rugby's way more difficult, I think. Yeah. I watched a couple of like, you know, rugby for idiots videos trying to get just kind of a, you know, brief rundown of how it works yep. and learned a few things that kind of surprised me without really learning how rugby is played. Yeah. For example, they have foul plays, which you can imagine if somebody commits a foul, they break some kind of rule, but they also have a thing called a cynical play. Oh. That's also against the rules apparently, that's but it's different. <laughs> cynical. It's a cynical play. Okay. I also learned that you just asked this question. No, you can't pass the ball forward. You can only pass it sideways and backwards. Okay. And that, that How do they move the ball down the field then? You pass it to a player behind you and he runs in front of you. He runs ahead. Okay. But you can't pass it to somebody who's in front of you already. This is all I know. You've reached the limit. <sighs> okay. And I know why those they have those weird helmets. Do you know why they have the weird helmets? No. The one that Mark is so wearing in the clips? You don't get your ears ripped off. That's exactly right. Yeah. All, that's all they are is ear protection. Yeah. It used to be only certain players wore them, but now a lot more players are wearing them. It's, and they wore them in the Olympics. And that's because of the scrum. Yes. I watched a seven-minute video about the scrum. So the scrum is where they kind of all interlock their arms and legs together. Yes. And the ball is thrown in the bottom of this. Yes. And they have to use their legs to get it into a position that they can kick it out of the scrum so that somebody can pick it up and run with it, but not pass forward. And you're required to put your arm around the guy opposite you, but and you can hold his shirt, but you can't hold his hair or his collar or his shorts, or anything else you might be able to get a hold of from that angle. You could only hold his shirt. And when they lock in, when the scrum starts, the front line of the opposing teams, their heads are ear to ear, and your head has to be next to a guy from the opposing team. It's weird. It's a weird sport. Luckily, there's barely any of it in this episode. Well, yeah. I mean, it's really kind of inconsequential that that's what they're playing. They could be playing anything. They could Uh, be a soccer club. And we talked about that because it's a sporting episode that isn't have it. Like, it has some sporting tropes, like the very good player who's an asshole. Yeah. But it doesn't have the sporting trope of, well, this is a playoff game and we have to interrupt it. Right. With Barnaby the, doesn't have to run on the field and stop the playoffs yeah. to say, you're the murderer. Yeah. Or something like that. No. It is a first 
for a few things, though. Oh. It is the first gay kiss in Midsummer. Yes, it is. And it wins the award for most naked butts in an episode of Midsummer. There are also the most amount of male naked butts. In one shot. Yep. You get five or six five. naked buttocks. I counted the buttocks. <laughs> so you counted pairs of cheeks, not individual cheeks. No, well, there are 10 cheeks. <laughs> I wonder if they get, they must get paid extra, those guys. I would assume they get paid extra and they have the camera so that it's above seeing anything that might display below the buttocks. <laughs> it's so egregious. It's absolutely on purpose because then they shoot above their waist, the same guys in the shower. Like you could have just done that shot, but no, you were like, no, no. let's show some cheeks. Let's show some let's, cheeks. I wonder if there's a rule, like you can show five bare butts, but not six. Or five men's bare butts, but not five women bare butts. There's a lot of male sexuality in this episode that is new mm -hmm. and is like, what I like is, and again, we're a spoiler podcast. What I like is that the motive of the murder is, is love. Yeah. I mean, it's wrong. But it's wrong, but. Not that he loves him is wrong, but. The way he interprets protecting the man that he loves is wrong. That's not how you do it. Yes. By killing a bunch of people. He won't appreciate it. Two and himself. So. And I, we teased this episode at the end of our last episode, um, and somebody corrected us, and they were absolutely right. The Hakka, yes. the Samoan battle war dance that they do, that the team does, is not from Australia. It is from New Zealand. Well, you know, Australia, New Zealand, it's the same bloody thing. <laughs> You said it, not me. The screaming has begun. I know they're not the same thing. <laughs> All right. So we've got the Adlers, Mark and Samantha. He is the owner of the team. She yes. is the owner of the stupidly named chocolate shop. Uh, okay. This chocolate shop is glued onto this episode with chocolate. You don't like chock full of chocolate? Chock full of chocolate. That, that place should be called like Miss Prissy's Chocolatier, not yeah. chock full of. The knocking shop, the chocolate knocking shop. <laughs> it just reminds me of Chock Full of Nuts, yes, which was a, a coffee, coffee brand brand in the seventies. I think it stopped, and then they should have called it Chock a Block Chocolate. Chock a Block Chocolate. That would have been, but Chock Full of Chocolate, artisanal chocolate. Oh, it's just the other thing is, and I know we harp on this, but two people cannot run that shop. Mm -mm. Okay, two people cannot make all that stuff. And the two people who work there are too busy to make it. And my impression is that Sam doesn't really work there. She just owns it. Sam's knocking boots with football player, uh, rugby players. I think Dominic is supposed it, to be front of house and the baker and the there's, chocolatier. There's He's one no guy. way. There's no way. Do you think he looks like Sean Astin? He is. He's got a little hobbit in him. Okay. Just a little. I called him the ginger baker. <laughs> Not Ginger Baker. That's a different dude. Yes. Who's Ginger and probably bakes. I don't know. I think Ginger Baker's dead. I'm pretty sure but Ginger Baker's dead. Maybe he used to bake. And we've got um, Bill Viner, who's the coach. Yes. Right. Then the bronze, Belinda. Yes. Who used to own the chocolate shop, but then let Sam Adler invest in it. And then Sam took it over. And Dominic Braun, who's Belinda's grandson, who now is the chocolatier and baker extraordinaire who can vanish, is also a blackmailer. He also, like, allows her to have that shop. Like, she should be nice to him. Yeah. Instead of what she is. So we have the Adlers, Bill, the Brauns, and then we have the Gallaghers, Neville and Debbie. Yes. Father and son. Father and daughter. Yes. Sorry. The physios. 
Yes. Apparently okay. he's a doctor. He prescribes medicine. So he must be a doctor. He has to be a doctor, but they never refer to him as doctor. No. And it's just so strange to me that he prescribes medicine. I guess he's a doctor. I guess so. I think he's more like a Frankenstein. He apparently is coming up with all these weird... Maybe the team would do better if you didn't buy all that crap. <laughs> Did you see the size of the monitor? I know. That's a huge monitor. I, I'm a man who has big monitors. Mm -hmm. And that is bigger than any monitor I have. <laughs> and manages to give an entire body readout from just electrodes attached to the old lady. Yeah. It's... It's impressive. So the let's talk about the physio center here, okay? Yeah. Subbington Hall. Stubbington Hall Sports Center, yes. which happens to be the home of the Lions. Which has elite sports training. Which Adler owns. Yes. Okay, he owns that place. He owns the team. But all of the facilities in there say Adler Fitness on them. Yep. As if he owns the company that creates the cryo chamber, the oxygen chamber, all that stuff. It seems like he does. So he must be really rolling in the dough well his house is gorgeous yeah well oh. that's probably all chocolate money though oh okay because <laughs> you know she's avoiding the tax man so well plus like you know here's some chocolate do you have any secrets <laughs> so mark gets shoved in the cryo chamber and frozen to negative 160 c yes they're not fooling around with the murders in this episode it's like right off the bat dead yeah. and mark i'm pop looking at the touchscreen going, why does it say 2005, which is 805 at night? Mm -hmm. And it's in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then they almost are like, oh, we hear you, Mark. We're going to answer that question. That's the time that it was started. Why on earth would that ever be displayed like that? Why would that ever be useful? No. Like, why? You A countdown, have? yes, because you're only supposed to be in this thing for like two minutes. Or, it, and it's clearly in a spot that is for time, mm -hmm. current time. Mm -hmm. And yet it's not the current time. Yes. So this cryotherapy chamber, the killer, Neville, sets it to a negative 160 C. Yes, which is incredibly cold. It's really, really cold. Okay. Typical use in these things is negative 60. Yeah. Which is really cold. That's... I've been outside during negative 60. It's, it's quite chilly. Space is negative 270 C. Yep. And the coldest temperature ever recorded on Earth. You want to guess? Minus 172 C. Minus 88. Oh, okay. That's at Vostok in Antarctica. In Antarctica. I mean, nobody needs to get that cold, right? <laughs> the fact that it even goes that cold. Now, there are commercial chambers that really do go that low. Yeah. But it's more of like a pre-chill, like they chill it to that, and then they kind of turn that off. So by the time you get in, it's not that cold anymore. And I understand the use of this as a sporting thing. Right? It's used for a lot of yeah. physical therapy things. Yeah. I did find one that goes colder, though. Oh. There's one brand of cryotherapy chamber that goes to negative 195C. Why? And the way it does that is it sprays evaporating liquid nitrogen onto your body. Uh. <laughs> Like, what? wouldn't you shatter? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? The whole idea is to rapidly lower your skin temperature, your surface temperature. So the goal is to have uniformly from the neck down, usually your head's out of it. Yeah. From the neck down, your skin temperature goes to like negative 30 C. Okay. And that kind of like forces your body like to 
hyperoxygenate and to um, it it represses like um, inflammation and stuff like that and makes your body recover very quickly. But again, like like two minutes, you're in this thing. Yeah, you're not a, a, an Adler sickle. I I, I don't want to say Mark sickle because that makes me think of you. Like you'd be a popsicle, and he's frozen in like this crucifix kind of position. I don't even know how they get him in a body bag where they snap his arms off and shove him in next to him. Speaking of breaking stuff off. <laughs> And I love that Fleur has her fuzzy hat on. She has an awesome hat on. She's got her Elmer Fudd hat on. Yep, she totally has an Elmer Fudd hat on. It's And he's a human lolly. She's great. She's yeah. always so great. It's not my aisle. <laughs> I'll have to defrost him. And then, so in both the cases of the dead bodies, mm-hmm. there's a like, hey, cameraman, get on top of... <laughs> of the uh, ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. To do this weird bird's eye view shot. Of the body it bag d- being rolled it, in. It does it twice. Yeah. It's very strange. They like it. Yep. Burnaby says he'll just stick with magic sponge. Yeah. So magic sponge is, is a joke. Yeah. It's just a joke. It's the idea that when you get back to the bench, they'll put a magic sponge on you and you'll be all better. Oh, even more than that, like in in soccer, I know everybody calls it football. We're Go gonna, Canada. We're going to call in, it. In the uh, World Cup for the first time since 1986. That's awesome. Yeah, we are in a group with the number one team in the world. That's great. <laughs> and it doesn't help that they play in sub-zero temperatures and freeze out all the other teams. Oh, it helps us. I know. So when you're playing, you know, those dramatic, like, oh no, I'm so injured. Yes. Oh, I'm going to roll around on the ground. And then yeah. the trainer comes out and the trainer has a magic sponge. Yes. It's just a wet sponge and they pat it on top of the injury and then it, it's better. Yeah. And the player can get up and play again. It's a, it's a way of buying time. Yes. Is what it is. Which all sports do. Yeah. Do you want to guess when it first appeared? No. 1888. 1888. Mm-hmm. The magic sponge. After the formation. Did they even have sponges back then? Yes, they did. But they were probably natural sponges. Probably. They were like SpongeBob sponges. SpongeBob sponge. Uh, in the, right after the formation of the, of the football league. In order to relieve the players after knocks and tackles, they used a sponge and cold water as pain relief. The reality was the magic sponge was invented to buy players a bit of time so they could recover. Yep. Now, it's much more common to see a magic spray bottle. They squirt water instead of wasting time with a sponge. But it does the same trick. Yeah. I just want, I want the equivalent in other scenarios where you just need a minute, you get a magic sponge. (laughs) You know, boss calls you into the office, we need to have conversation. And you're like, I just need a second to... Figure out what I think you're asking me. I need a magic sponge. Somebody rushes in, magic sponge, pat your brow. See, in hockey, it's different because it's an equipment sport. So you take a piece of equipment off and then, oh, well, Jesus. Yeah. You got to take like half an hour to put it back on. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to get that glove back on my hand. I need a second. Lost my tooth guard somewhere. There's a green car. Mysterious green car. It's supposed to be an old VW Golf, and it's not. No, it's not I, a boxy I don't, they one. They got confused. Yeah, it's not a cool boxy one from the 90s. The team does the haka. Yes. It's so awesome. And um, the choreographer for it, I'm, I'm not going to pronounce his name right because I couldn't find a, a, cl- a clip of anybody yeah. saying his name. Otene Hopa. Sounds good to me. He's in the UK now, but of course he's from New Zealand, and he choreographed it. And he also led the singing for it. And he's the one who appears in Jersey number 16. 
And he's, he's slightly non-athletic. Yeah, he's thicker. He's a little bit thicker. Yeah. The tongue thing that they do yeah. is called a watero. Watero. And it um, emulates a lizard or moko sticking out its tongue. And they kind of bug their eyes. They bug their eyes. It's beautiful. I watched the Maori All Blacks do uh, theirs. I think it's from from a 2017 game in Canada. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the other team standing, just standing opposite of them, watching them looks full of respect as they watch. Oh, that's good. But even better, I saw the women All Blacks do it. Oh, that's cool. But they did it after they won the game. Oh, my. And the opposing team is just standing there watching, and it's different. Oh, yeah. I can tell. (laughs) It's different. But they do haka at weddings. It's not just for battles, in in quotes. There's haka for other reasons. There might be one in a Fast and Furious now. (laughs) It's incredible, though. I love watching it. It's so cool. It's super cool. But uh, the women's one that I saw, the team, they weren't all um, ethnic Maori. Some of them were little blonde-haired white girls. Okay. And they were doing it. And that's super cool. And they were just as into making those faces. That's (laughs) Like, that's team unity. They They were in it. Yep. It's definitely a super important part of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you one thing that is an important thing in this episode. We're going to say that when you get knocked in the head, it could cause dementia, but we're not going to like cover that in any real detail. I'm not going to say that's a real thing that people should be concerned about and sports should take seriously. Yes. No, Mark's brain looks like a melted pepperoni pizza. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> I had to pause it and look at it. I'm like, is that jello? How did they make that? Is it latex? Is it pizza? <laughs> I love that Neville here goes, well, this makes it my fault. And I'm like, yeah, because you did it. Because <laughs> you're the killer. <laughs> I should never have mentioned that he could go in there and then lock him in. Okay, you are my next of kin, all right? Yeah. On all my medical stuff. Yeah. If I ever need treatment and that treatment involves putting me in a room that locks and is unable to open. Yeah. Say no. Yeah. Okay. Just Absolutely. say no. There's no reason for that. Not even an iron lung does that. There's no chamber that needs to happen. Yeah. It just, it's a hallway of horror. There's the hyperbaric chamber with the oxygen. There's the cryotherapy chamber. There's some other, like, you're going to squeeze your brain till you explode chamber. None of that is beneficial. Yeah. No. Don't put me in there. No. I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, if I do need money. To pay for your medical bills, I'll get some crowdfunding at Crowd Thunder. <laughs> this is Guy Bevan who wears the neck brace. Yeah. Yeah. And did you see what the picture is of for the crowdfunding website? No. It's one little boy with a bullhorn screaming at another little boy with the bullhorn. <laughs> like what you're not supposed to do with a bullhorn? Yes. And what people hate about crowdfunding it's like a weird image to put it's totally like stock image oh yeah 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 like i totally could if you put in kid with bullhorn yelling at other kid i'm sure this picture would come up because <laughs> you know that's there are just so many reasons to need that i will say though that the non-facebook facebook page that guy has that he deletes yeah that's is good. well designed it's it good. looks a lot it like looks, facebook but like not facebook, facebook. Yeah. They did a good job on that. Guys, the Lions used to be your team. It's time to signs, have another. The signs in his living room are great. All of his hand painted 
Yeah. Strike signs that he's been walking around with, apparently. We have more likes on our Facebook page. We don't have a Facebook page. But well, we more he, he's trying to start a team. Yeah. Right? And then the first reference to gay porn. <laughs> well, Tracy barely needs to be there, the barmaid. I don't know why she's there. She doesn't need, to, like... Danny's bad. We know he's bad. Yeah. He's a he's an addict. He lies. He, you know, he's having an affair with a married woman who is the wife of your team owner. Okay. Let's make a list of people you should not sleep with. She's right at the top. Yeah. Like that is that your team would, owner's wife. No. That would be one of the biggest sex scandals in sports history. Oh, yeah. Even for a, a minor team like this, it would be huge. Yeah. You know, like that's. He's already bad. We don't need to also think that he's a groper, which he is, okay. And Tracy should not have been talked out of making a filing a report. It just feels added on. Yeah. And it doesn't give it the respect that it needs, like the concussion stuff. Except it gives Dominic a reason to do what he's doing. He's not just trying to get people into trouble because he likes to make trouble. He's actually standing up for somebody who's not had an opportunity to get justice, right? Tracy deserves justice against Danny for what he did. And Dominic says, I'm going to help you out. I agree with all of that. With some blackmail photos and some gay porn. And by listing all of his, uh, everything in his house for sale. Yes, including his underwear. <laughs> yeah. do oh you my God, think, Danny's underwear. Do you think <laughs> his room was that messy before it got ransacked? <laughs> no. <laughs> I kind of do. Dominic's room? I kind of do. I don't know why he goes to work and leaves his wallet at home. He just leaves his wallet at home. Yeah, we're all over the place, aren't we? Oh, the wife's on tremazepan. It's just a sedative. Yeah. Then Barnaby's watching YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. He's watching rugby Focus. Yes. <laughs> at least, as an older person, he watches them full screen. <laughs> I hate the fake hair they put on Bill. It's so bad. It's almost as bad as Mark's helmet. And those those helmets serve an important thing, uh, an important purpose. They're protective. They keep you from getting cauliflower ear. Yep. I'm sure there were some heinous injuries before they wore them. Yep. But God, do they look stupid? They look. They <laughs> it's look, like a bonnet. I don't. It know. looks horrendous. They and could, the green screen is pretty bad. Oh my scene. gosh, it's so bad. But then there's this. He, Barnaby says they're like co and overt with studs. And we both looked into this and we couldn't find what they were talking about. Obviously, the studs, they're talking about their spikes, their shoes, yeah. their cleats, right? But, but who are Cohen Overt? Hopefully a listener will know because we tried. We tried. Every which way. You put in Overt with soccer, you get all these overt yeah. penalties and things like that. Cynical, Cynical fouls. Cynical fouls. You don't get anything with Cohen. I spelled Co like six All kinds of different ways. ways. Yeah. yeah. So if you know what Barnaby's talking about, what that reference is, let us know. I'll tell you, tell you listeners, dear listeners, <laughs> I have a note here. I spent a good 15 minutes of my life going back and forth between the flyers that were shown in the pub and the flyer that Barnaby has to see if one was slightly bigger than the other. <laughs> You're a dork. Such a nerd. <laughs> okay, but I did that on the hat on the cake. Because yep. the rim of the hat, the bill of the hat keeps changing. Oh, the bill keeps changing. <laughs> At the end, it's like a ruffle. <laughs> I just think Dominic's just lifting it up and shoving the USB in it all the time. And every time he does it, wait he gets a minute. The house is in, in the, the, the hat has the USB in it? Oh. We could see Barnaby's inbox here. Mm hmm. 
And there's a little Easter egg from uh, DCM Knight. There, sir, there's an incident report on the comic case is. So that's referenced the last episode. The comic case. Yes. You think that's what they would have called it? I don't think so, but. No, it would be like Operation Freeze Frame. Sarah asks for him to bring home some stuff from dinner, but did you notice what the system administrator emails were for? No. Barnaby forgot his password. (laughs) (laughs) And he had to add a new password. So It's like they know we're looking. They get so much cleverer with these. Yep. Because a few seasons ago, it would have just been like Lorem Ipsum gobbledygook Windows XP instructions. And now... We're getting jokes about him forgetting his password, which I love that. I'm going to say he also has 150 emails in his inbox that are unopened. You want to know how many I have? No, no, I don't. According to my phone, 5,319 right now. You know what? I don't care. Baby. (laughs) You can't see him twitch. It hurts me. I am a zero inbox person, Mm -hmm. which means at the end of each day, my inbox is zero in all of my emails. Me and Barnaby, we don't care about that stuff. We prioritize life over inbox. (sighs) But the egregious thing that is on his email is there is an email from Jay Swelling, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting name. name. From the Cyber Crimes Unit of the Midsummer, Midsummer Constabulary, mm-hmm. which I absolutely have no problem with. Nope. His email address is jswelling.midsummerconstabulary, which I have no problem with. At? Bigbrows.co.uk. <laughs> and he is the Cyber Crimes Unit person. Basically using... Gmail. Gmail. <laughs> what an email to spell. Your name and then Midsummer Constabulary, which is a mouthful to even say. Never M-I-D-S-O-M-S-O-M-E-R-C-O-N-S-T-A-B-U-L-A-R-Y. And then you get to the at sign. <laughs> That's a lot. Now, remind, His phone number's there, too. I didn't try it. Remind me, though, with any email address, if you put something dot and then the actual email address, it will go through, right? No. The, so... Like, if you put jerk.midsummermaniacs at gmail.com. It will still work. Uh, sometimes. It does on Gmail. Okay. So maybe all of the email for the Midsummer <laughs> constabulary goes into one inbox and they just use that to like forward it on. <laughs> I don't know why they like. <laughs> That's really I'm bad. I'm just like, why isn't it not J Swelling at Midsummer Constabulary dot UK. Dot co, dot Not gov, co, dot UK co, or something. Yeah, gov. It would be gov.uk. Yeah. Maybe you should get in contact with him and let him know that that's not very secure. Do you think the meme is a Dore print? No. I looked. I couldn't find a Dore. You're talking there. about the meme that Guy Bevan makes for Facebook? Yeah, Guy yeah, Mark- actually make that. <laughs> no, I was actually impressed because the face is like animated and everything. He makes a oh face. Yeah. And- you know, the little arrows come in and stab him. I was I was impressed with Guy's ability with, like, the Photoshop or something. We also see the coach's computer soon after that. hmm So Danny's computer has some emails and stuff like that on it, but he has a program to help him make plays. Oh. It is Tactical Playmaker version 2. I can believe that that exists. Oh, when I coached hockey, I coached minor 
league hockey for years. Uh, when I stopped that coaching, which would have been in like 2002, they were starting to get that software. Yeah. That was Otherwise, a, they've got a dry erase clipboard that they have to draw everything on, right? Yes. But this play is a little um, like it, it's like one secret red X guy goes running out in front of everybody else and gets the ball. <laughs> like, it's a good move. It's not exactly the most amazing plays that's ever. A, that's a good move. But there are controls for X's, O's, and arrows. There you go. Well, Better than using PowerPoint to do it. He's got something in the background, but I can't see what it is. It's like watching videos or something. So... Samantha, her husband is dead. Yes. She's getting stir crazy. So she goes into the chock full of chocolate. Yes. <laughs> Chuckle house of chock full of chocolate. <laughs> and lets Dominic know that she's taken a phone order for a cake. Yes. A three-tier Dungeons and Dragons cake. Yes. That has to be ready the day after tomorrow. No. Do you know how much <laughs> that would be? <laughs> That's the kind of cake you would order like three months in advance. Anybody who's ever uh, planned a wedding knows you don't call the day before the day before your wedding and say, oh, by the way, you're going to get three tiers of cake with a dragon stuck like a dragon character that you bought at the toy shop stuck on top of it. Or they're going to do like they do at the grocery store. They have those food sheet printers now, those food safe printers. They would have printed. They would have done like D- Dungeons and Dragons in a Google search, grabbed the first image result, printed yep. it out on a piece of that paper and stuck it on the top of the cake. Yes. There you go. <laughs> and they would have little SpongeBob is, uh, bobs on the bottom layer of the cake, right? That were left over. <laughs> we just, we had to use what we had. No yep. way. No way. When she's sitting on the bench in the park crying, I don't know why she's crying. Is she crying because Mark is dead and she's legitimate sad? Is she crying because there's a blackmailer who knows she's having an affair? Is she crying because she knows that Dominic can't make that cake in a day and a half? Why is she crying? She's crying because she does not have an empl- enough employees to run that establishment. All I know is she's ugly crying. She, that is quite the face. It's almost a haka face she's making while she's yes. crying. And Barnaby is actually good at squash. Okay. I love that. If they actually played squash. Oh, are we going to have that debate? They call it squash. Okay. Barnaby has a squash racket Mm -hmm. and they use a squash ball, which is a smaller ball, which is more um, like it squishes more, Mm. right? Than Mm. a racquetball. You know why? Because they're different games. No, because the squash ball was developed from a punctured racquetball ball. Oh. That's why it's called squash. Oh. Because the ball is squashier. I learned that today. <laughs> Winter has a racquetball racket, not a squash racket. Well, then he should do even better because his racket's bigger. Is it bigger? Yeah, it is. Like a racquetball racket is shaped like a tear, right? And a squash racket is like more like a small tennis racket. With a really long neck. Yeah. 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 So that gives Winter an advantage, and he well, still loses. Barnaby does serve quite well here. I wonder if Neil Dudgeon actually plays squash. I think so. I think he would have to be pretty athletic because he kicks the ball, too. Yeah. I don't think I could kick that ball. No, he legitimately does kick that rugby ball into the uprights. Now, it's not super far away from the uprights, but he still does it. I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't could throw it that, that far. No. I also learned that in squash, the thing you hold in your hand is called a racket, R-A-C-K-E-T. Okay. And in racquetball, it's a racket, R-A-U-U-E-T. Which is French. Raquet. Yes. Rocket. 
Right, because tennis is French, right? Mm. The whole thing is French. One of the games was invented in America. Well, okay. The origins of all racket sports are French. Yes. But that's how you can also tell the difference between the tool you use when you play racket versus squash. I was if it's just got a so cue upset. in it, it must be racquetball. ball. Uh, I just was so upset that they had rackets from different sports. It annoyed me to no end. I find Debbie Gallagher impressive. Okay. I want to know how she manages to light that entire goalpost on fire. Yeah. Okay. So Does she have a spray nozzle on that gas can? That, or does she climb all the way to the top and drizzle it down and then that, slide down a gas-covered pole? the only way to do that. <laughs> I don't even know that it would... I mean, it would not ignite unless it was covered in fuel. It It's made of plastic. Metal. Metal. It, yeah. Maybe the paint is flammable. Maybe. maybe. Maybe it's got some tape on it. Maybe. Maybe. But it's got to be covered in fuel. It just splashing some on the bottom to get it started would not be enough to light it all the way to the top. But man, is that a good scene though? When it's burning all the way to the top? Yeah. It's, it's cool. dramatic. It's, it's super dramatic. The fire in this episode, explosions, very good. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, that floor is filthy. <laughs> Whose floor is filthy? I can only assume it's the dressing room floor because the next note oh, I have in gosh, my notes yes. is five asses. The tile yeah. in the shower. It's just gross. Well, it's because they're dirty. And they're but showering and they're, the dirt is going towards the drain. They don't have their shower shoes on, so they're going to get athlete's <laughs> foot. Not if the shower is properly cleaned. No, no. Any, any. With bleach. Absolutely any professional athlete would have shower shoes on. They wear their flip-flops into the shower. Wear flip, they have special flip-flops. Naked butt. Them. Yep. Covered feet. Because you don't want athlete's foot. No. And it is all over the place in there. My well, note just says. That's a lot of naked man butt. Excessive? Yes. No. <laughs> I think it's an acceptable amount of man butt. Okay. That's just my view. I think we've gone from Jones's naked butt to this naked butt. It's it's scaling up. Yeah. Because then we get we also get Jones in just a towel. I mean winter in just a towel. Yes. I'm okay with that too. He's kinda wearing a little bit when he's after he gets beat at uh squish. Yeah. Or racquetball. Yeah. Whatever they're playing. Squish. Splat. They're playing splat. Looks good in that towel. Yeah, he does. He's buff. Yep. Meanwhile, Barnaby's like, I don't need a shower. Oh. I didn't even work up a sweat. Yeah, he didn't even sweat. (laughs) But it it would happen to me, though. I would play that, be fine, and then reach for a towel and really hurt myself. That's exactly what would happen to me. Yep. The only time I've ever broken a bone, I got a hairline fracture in my ankle, stepping down one step. Yeah. And I didn't even fall. I just put my foot down wrong. In this episode, we pay lip service to sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. We pay lip service to CTE. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing we pay lip service to is I'm no longer an addict. I'm two years sober. Click. Never talked about again. (laughs) Never even mentioned. I think we're just supposed to know that Bill's been through it. Yeah. You know, I don't know whether it's his knee or his ankle that's injured. Depends on when in the episode you're looking. But it's got to be hard. I mean, when your career is ended by one injury like that, that's tough. Yep. And you don't even know that your best friend did it. Yeah. Well, it's a tough sport. It makes you crazy. (laughs) Rugby makes you Looney Tunes. So Looney Tunes, you drive a banana car. Yeah. (laughs) You drive what you got. Danny's like, what pills? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the ones that you just flung onto the floor, Danny. From Dutas. 
pharmacy. And then we have the scene that we haven't talked about yet. Okay. Okay. I'm writing this episode. I got the rugby guys. I got the addiction. Got the CTE. I got to put some foreshadowing in here to Mm. the end. Okay. Okay. But I need to do it all in one scene. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to foreshadow everything about the end of the episode in this one scene. Okay. Okay. So who can be in the chamber? Oh, the old lady. Belinda. Put her in the chamber. Okay. So now people know the chamber. Now how- Don't go smoking in here. How? Yeah, you can't (laughs) smoke in here. How are we going to show- that the physiotherapist knows is a smoker. Okay, let's get him as close as we can to the camera. And then out of nowhere comes a cigarette lighter and a cigarette. Yes, just out of nowhere. I was like, that's a giant monitor. And boy, we used it to foreshadowing everything. I'm worried about Belinda when she's in there. I like her so much. She's She is that sort of typical tropey old lady, midsummer lady who doesn't care. She's played by Marsha Warren. Yeah. Um, she was also in Death in a Chocolate Box. Yes. Which is funny, she isn't was. it? Yes. But recently, she's in Agatha Raisin. She must be like, I'm only in chocolate-based episodes. Yes. Chocolate building based episodes. <laughs> she is awesome in Agatha Raisin. Oh, she is. She she's is fantastic so good. in Agatha Raisin. And she was in the AbFab movie, and yep. she's awesome in that. Yeah. <laughs> But she's just sitting in there with all of her little things attached to her. She's like, thumbs up. I'm okay. Yep. Going to get super oxygenated in here. Sometimes they let civilians in. Uh, they are civilians. <laughs> You're all civilians. <laughs> okay. Here's here's a question for you. Uh, the brand of cigarettes I smell, smoke are foreshadowed. Okay. I got a big question for you here. Okay. Agree or disagree? Ready? Yep. Belinda and Dominic Braun yes. are the good rainbirds. So this is, the rainbirds are mother and son. They're blackmailing and they're gross. Yes. And this is grandma and grandson. Right. There's no incest. No. And they're not so gross. Right. Yes. I. I would but they are blackmailing. They are blackmailing. But for good. They, they make people make donations. They don't have a map. No, she doesn't have a Heidi no. hide up top and uh, bird watching. I guess. Spying thing. Yes. It's Dominic and his camera. Yes. Which people would see him. Yeah. Especially with his ginger hair. Hey, Dom. If got he was, that cake ready for my D&D group yet? <laughs> if he was creeping around in his baker's whites with his little poofy hat on, but with a camera. <laughs> He's stealthy like that. He's He can also vanish. Did you notice that? Yeah. He, when they're in the chocolate shop, Dominic and Winter. And Winter's like, I like this cake. How much would it set me back? It's not for sale. Zoom. Because it has my secrets inside of it. Yes. And then turn- why is it in the shop? Winter turns around. Dominic's gone. Yes. Where did he go? He has a secret door somewhere. So let's talk about the Corsican flag. Oh, can we? Yes. This upsets me. So we find out that the coach and... So Bill and Neville have and both Neville been to Corsica recently. Both been to Corsica recently. Mayhaps they the went together. At the same time together. Sort of like... Sweet potato and soy sauce. Oh, don't get there yet. Mm. <laughs> so Neville's daughter, Debbie, has the Corsican flag on her keychain because dad brought it back as a souvenir. Souvenir. What's the Corsican flag look like? It's blue. No. Okay. Did you not look at the keychain? No. Not closely. I'm sorry. It's a white flag. Yes. With a black outline of a man's head. Okay. Who is wearing a white headband. Okay. Okay. Got it in your head now? Yep. 
So Corsica is an island off the coast of Italy. It's a province of Italy. This flag originates in the 13th century. Okay. When it wasn't part of Italy. When a young Corsican woman named Diana was captured by Moorish slavers. Okay. Okay. So this is when... The man on the flag is referred to as the Moor. Oh, okay. Okay. He's not black just because it contrasts with white. He's black because he's a black man. Okay. So this is a racist flag. The Moorish slavers planned to sell her to the slave market in Granada, but her fiancé... Pablo. Pablo. Managed to free her and fought the Moors in a battle in which the leader of the Moorish tribe, Mansour bin Ismail, was beheaded. Oh. And his severed head became the symbol of Corsica. Wow. Yeah. And so for 700 years, Corsica has had a beheaded black man on their flag. Yeah. Not good. Originally... Instead of a headband, it was a blindfold. This is a happy episode. Yeah, it used to be around his eyes. Oh, jeez. But in 1760, they redesigned it and moved it up. Oh. Isn't that great? It's so nice of them. It's a little less racist. After 400 years, they said, maybe we could see his eyes, even though he's dead. Yeah. What I didn't know, what shocked me even more, is the Sardinian flag. Yes. To this day, has four Moorish heads on it. Oh, my gosh. With a red cross separating them. It's quartered and has four dead heads on it. Wow. Of black men. There's no dead heads on my flag. That's just not right. Yeah. I mean, as many Confederate statues and stuff that are being toppled in the U.S. And nobody's saying, maybe we should have a new flag. Yeah. Maybe this isn't cool anymore. Is it, so they're regions of Italy now. Are they like provinces? And are those still their official flag? They are still official flags. I can't tell you what they're... They're not national flags. No, but their terminology If it was the flag of Italy, like... Okay, I don't care if it's the flag of of a village. Yes, That's just one street. It's wrong. It's just so bad. Yeah. You want to talk about wacky chocolate? Since that's more fun. So... Can we move on to... There's a weird scene in which they're like, (laughs) we have to be more like the rainbirds, so we have to eat strange (laughs) food. There's no reason for them to eat the strange food. Except... So when Dominic is saying that he has a new blackmail target, he says, I have a new recipe I'm working on. Yes. Right. So this is him with his new recipe, but it's not, it's a, it's an actual recipe, not a blackmail target. So they're kind of playing around with that. Right. And And they are guinea pigs mm -hmm. made from sweet potato and soy sauce and chocolate and chocolate. Yeah. Three things that don't go together. I'm just glad that Belinda's up front and says, these are gross. This is disgusting. Jeez. Because it would be. Yeah. So I looked around to find some other weird chocolate flavors. Okay. I almost made a quiz for this to ask you to say whether it was real or not. The real ones are so disgusting that I couldn't even make up fake ones that would be as gross. So these are all real. These are all real. Okay. Now the sweet potato really isn't that strange because there's the purple sweet potato. Yes. That's actually really, really sweet and is often used in confectionery. So Kit Kat came out with a purple sweet potato Kit Kat. Okay. That's not too crazy. Kit Kat's in the rest of the world, not yes. America, because right. America only does chocolate. Yeah, we don't get the cool ones. Though we do have mint ones now, I think. Do, yeah. And we have seasonal ones. We have like a lemon or something. Maybe. They also made apple pie Kit Kat. Oh, yeah, they did. Blech. How about it's- this one? This is a, a, uh, a candy bar that was developed by a small chocolate company after Barack Obama won the presidency the first time. Okay. Peanuts and ketchup. No, no, not eating that. (laughs) Sorry. 
So imagine like the kind of chocolate bar that has the little pockets in it that they might put caramel in it. Yeah. But it's ketchup. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Ketchup is made better by salt and pepper. And salt and pepper don't go, they go with the peanuts, but not necessarily the chocolate. But the pepper doesn't go with any of that. On a side note, Payday once had a barbecue flavored chocolate candy bar. Mm. Barbecue Payday. Barbecue Payday. That oh. is, I love Paydays, but that's pukey. That's pukey. How about cigar flavored chocolate? Oh, no. It has cigar leaves marinated and rum and cognac in it. That's fancy people being fancy and eating fancy things. Like, I caviar is a dare. <laughs> that caught on. It's a dare that caught on. You think nobody really likes caviar, truly likes caviar? I understand salty stuff. Mm-hmm. There are other salty things that are more salty than caviar. Mm-hmm. It is a delicacy because it's hard to get mm-hmm. and people dared other people to eat it. <laughs> and you get to eat it with mother of pearl spoons. Yeah. You can't eat it with metal spoons. Have yeah. you ever had it? No. Oh, well then how do you know? It may it's be really salty. good. It may be really good. Everyone ever it's, has said it's salty. It's not just salty. It's also extremely fishy, oh. which I know you love. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I mean, can not I? to get it. How about uh, chocolate made with cucumber, vodka, and mint? Vodka and mint, maybe. And the cucumber, I like there's a lot of drinks that have uh, cucumber, vodka, and mint. Mm-hmm. So I can sort of get that it's one. It's kind of like a mint julep with a cucumber in it. I'd try chocolate. that one because I don't like cucumbers, but I, I don't hate them. Well, here's one you wouldn't try. Pig's blood, cinnamon, and smoked paprika. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Mount. Or paprika. Paprika. How about Vegemite? Vegemite is just disgusting. Wow, I'm pissing off all all Australians and New Zealand people. Wow, all in one foul swoop episode. Yeah, this this also was a candy bar that had little pockets in it, and they were filled with Vegemite. Oh, no. Cheese pizza? Cheese pizza, maybe. What? Yeah, maybe. You would eat a candy bar that had cheese and marinara in it, but you wouldn't. I've eaten orange and grape potato chips, okay? (laughs) Like Kool-Aid potato chips? What? Yeah, they were kind of like chips dipped in Kool-Aid. The last one. Hostess in Canada made them in the early 80s. They are well known as being the most horrific potato chips ever made. Were they worse than the Oreos you had the other day that taste like uh, cherry slushies? They were horrific. The last one I have uh, doesn't sound bad at first. It's a ramen noodle candy bar. Okay. So you'd think, oh, it's just the ramen noodles. They'd be kind of crunchy. Yeah. But it also has the seasoning from the ramen packet. No. So it's chicken ramen chocolate bar. What that is, is somebody is like, okay, I know that one of Mark's particularly favorite Christmassy treats are the Lechoy noodles with the cat, with the chocolate or caramel. Or butterscotch chips melted yeah. on them. They call yes. them bird's nests. Bird's yeah. nests. I love them. They're mm-hmm. my favorite holiday treat. Mm-hmm. Right? Somebody's like, uh, I don't got those noodles. <laughs> I got ramen. How about that? Let's cover that in chocolate. Oh, I put the flavor pack in too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's chickeny, salty, chickeny, crunchy no. chocolate. But ramen noodles with chocolate on them, I might eat that. That wouldn't be bad. Like bird's nest. I put ramen noodles in salads before. Yeah. They're totally edible raw. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah. Raw. <laughs> so I point, Nothing that comes out of that factory is raw. <laughs> I point my finger at Dominic for the soy sauce. The sweet potato, maybe. The soy sauce is right out. Yep. It's right out. The ginger went right to his head. Oh, just chew. But, you know, then he gets killed. And I'm like, why would you put those chips in the thing that's not going to temper correctly (laughs) 
No, no. Nor would you ever bake in a kitchen lit like a dungeon. And even if you're making the D&D cake. That huge cauldron of chocolate sauce would not temper correctly. It, it would be impossible to keep at the right temperature. I think it's a heated cauldron. But I think it's for, you see, I don't, I think it's for batter and things like that. Mm, I don't, I think we're supposed to think that it's a tempering kettle, that that's what it is. And if you go into a, a chocolate chocolatier, they have tempering kettles like that. They are big vats of chocolate. And one of the things that they do is add more to it as they go to keep the temperature just right. But it's already in there. Like Tempering's really hard to do like anyway. The handful of chocolate that the killer puts in there is for no reason at all. And it's just to show that that's what it is, that it's not yeah. cake batter. That's all it is. If it was cake batter, it would be in a mixer. Could he not dodge that? I think he could probably dodge it. He's unconscious. Maybe. Kind of. Sort of. He's got bonked on the head by that five pound weight that would definitely hurt it i'm would sorry hurt. it would hurt it would definitely hurt but would this pouring on his face actually kill him yes i don't know i think if you're unconscious yes it but, would suffocate you i don't know i don't think it would go into the lungs like uh it would if you took a breath guess i just don't i think he could have dodged i think I think he could have turned his head and had a pretty good chance, but face up like that? No, I think you're screwed. Because it's a lot of chocolate. Yeah, it is. Especially if you poured it kind of slowly, like not all at once. So it would kind of harden as you poured it. So you got layers upon layers on your face that are hardening and you can't move. He looked like Nicky Lauda at the end. <laughs> There's a Formula One joke for you. Yeah, but that, that would not be a good way to die. Because the bottom layers would be kept warm by the heat yeah. from the top layers, and you probably would inhale some of it. Yeah. Blech. Yuck. He is enrobed with the chocolate. That's what they call it. Yep. We must inform the gran. Poor Belinda. Yep. She's so sad, and yes. she feels so guilty. So you think winter's being slow, not figuring out where the hat is? Yeah. Thinking that it's like, well, it doesn't help that Dominic has like five fedoras. Why? I don't know why. <laughs> And a picture of Van Gogh in a hat. Why? Yeah. You know, but it's under his hat. Of course it is. Yeah. It's the, the, the cake that he's constantly working on that isn't a cake. Yeah. In reality, in a cake shop, that would be styrofoam on the inside. Oh, if it was so for display like styrofoam. that. Yeah. yeah. But that's where he keeps the thumb drive. And I, I can sort of understand it. You wouldn't think anybody would look there, but it's also not a very convenient place to access it. And this is where we get the confession from the grandma. Did you also know he, he was blackmailing people? Of course I did. We were in on it together. It was my idea. Yep. I don't buy this people called Bill Nobody as a joke. Like that was his nickname is Nobody. I don't understand it. Yeah. But did you get an explanation for it that I didn't pick up that it made that makes sense of somebody calling him nobody as a joke? No, it it was like it's not a good nickname. Yeah, it it it's forced. Yeah. So Mark can say I hurt nobody. Yeah. When he's, you know, kind of out of it. No, I, yeah. I, I don't. No, because he's also talking about to be the, there. He's also talking about the bins and a dog. Like, yeah, he can say, "I heard, I heard Bill, Bill, I heard Bill." But people would be like, "Oh, well, whatever." But then he said, "No, I heard Bill and ruined his career." Yeah, and then his gay lover would be like, "Oh, wait a minute, I gotta write this down." Bill's last name is Viner. There are so many other nicknames you could call him. Yeah, you could call him Wine, Wino, 
Vine, grape. Vine. You call him grapes. The Vin Man. The Vin Man. Vin Man. <gasps> Maybe that's why he was talking about the bins. Maybe. He was actually talking about Vins. Maybe. Anywho, he's uh, Bill is nobody, which that's kind of hurtful. It's time for Danny to act as guilty as possible. <laughs> you mean more guilty than when he flung his pills on the floorboard of the car? Winter tackles a professional athlete. Who's high. It makes it easier. Maybe. I believe it. Plus, Maybe. it's winter. Winter can tackle anybody. The fact that he does it and doesn't completely wreck his clothes this time, probably a good thing. Do you not think Granny could have sold her multi-million dollar house to get some money? <laughs> <laughs> Granny didn't need money. Belinda doesn't need money. Yeah. She made a mistake letting Sam take over the cake shop, but no. I ate an entire pan of brownie. That's a lot of cow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of pot. Yeah. I don't know how much pot she puts in them, but that's a lot. She was really high. <laughs> <laughs> really, really high. Neville makes a run for it. I love that he checks the doors along the hallway like he's going to go into the hyperbaric chamber. Does he have t- keys for all of these well, things? No, but you have to know, like, they're all chambers of death. Like, if he yeah. goes in the cryotherapy chamber to hide, he's going to be a Neville sickle. You know, if he goes into the sauna to hide, he's going to get cooked. Like the hyperbaric chamber is really the only one he can go in (laughs) and it locks from the inside. Yeah. Like they can't open the door. What I love is they go, where's Neville? And I'm like, where is everyone at this (laughs) place? Yeah, really. I I can only think it's after hours or like on a day when they're closed because every other scene in this place, there's been plenty of people around. But thank goodness they aren't. I've disabled the controls. How? He's a super fast hacker. He knows cheat codes. It's up, up, down, down, left, right, left. And that gives you control from the inside. Oh, okay. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. And then you got to crank the oxygen up to 100%, which means it would be completely not flammable. Yes. It wouldn't. No. He And he would pass out. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like... Within seconds. It's like people think that scuba divers have a hundred percent oxygen no no it is it is air in their tank yeah it's a mix of oxygen hydrogen nitrogen yeah um i also think i think and listeners can tell us if we're wrong about this but i think you get a bit giddy first i think so for like five seconds yep you you're giddy and then you pass out yeah if it was if it was pure oxygen in there it would be trouble definitely trouble Um, but i have my flick this is also, I mean, other than the the minister who jumps off of the church, are there any other cases in which the killer is cornered in Midsummer and kills himself? No, I don't think so. I and can't Winter remember. Asks if, if, have you ever lost one before? Yeah. I said, he's, no, he says this is the first one I've ever lost. Yeah. And the only one I can think of is Richard Breyer jumping off of the top of the church. Yeah. Where and to, the Barnabies are supposed to renew their vows. Troy takes that really badly. Yeah, he does. Because he was right there. Yeah. Like he was the only one within reach of him who could have stopped him. But Neville blows it up and almost kills everybody else, including the man he did all this for. Yep. And that building probably doesn't sustain that explosion that was shown. You don't think so? I don't think so. I, uh, I don't know. It was impressive. It was really well done. So they actually have fire. Mm-hmm. And then they had a lot of guys, they did the fire thing, right? And then they reset the whole set. Mm-hmm. 
And then they did a shot where they threw stuff out of those holes. Right. So it looks like shrapnel. So it looks like shrapnel. Yeah. So Barnaby and Winters had to kind of dive twice. Yeah. But it's good. It's good. It's well done. It's very well done. But now, I mean, wow. Bill and Debbie are broken forever. Forever. The fact that they're just sitting there in the back gate of an ambulance having some tea. Yeah. Like her dad just blew himself up. Yep. He just came out to her and he's a killer. Yep. <laughs> That's a lot. So, okay. Now, when when he comes out to Debbie, when Neville comes out to Debbie, she is very positive and yes. accepting, which is great. But she also kind of needed to be like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of knew that already. Even even then, though, it's still, she's absolutely supportive, which is it makes it easier. That's good. Yes. But it would still be, you would still have to acclimate to it, right? Totally. This man who's your father, who you saw be with your mother for a long, long time. And, yep. you know, you'd have to kind of reimagine who he is in your head a little bit. So that would take some adjustment, yes. even if you're very, very positive about it. But then- to find out that he... I would have a bigger problem that he's a killer. And his boyfriend, the man he loves, is the guy who took your boyfriend's job. Yeah. Right? Because Braun gets fired so Bill can be the coach. Yes. So the man she lives with is bitter and probably hates Bill's guts. Yes. And now Bill's her dad's boyfriend. And he's a killer. And he just blew himself up. Yeah. Debbie, Debbie and Guy's relationship is weird. He, he feels a lot older than her. I don't think it's weird. I just don't think there's any room to explore who they are as a couple. And they don't need to in the, the, in the story. It's not necessary. Now, we But ta- they completely ignore the fact that she and Neville work for Adler, work for Mark, and really should hate his guts. Yeah. Right? Yep. Because... Mark ended Bill's career. Yes. And she's like so helpful. Mark ended her boyfriend's career. Yep. And yet the two of them work there like nothing's ever happened. Yeah. They should they should hate them. So are we going to do after the credits here? Well, let's do Best Corpse. <laughs> nice corpse. So Best Corpse. It's it's got to be Mark. Why? Because he has all that crap on his face. Because yeah, they had to spray him with the the fake frost, and yeah. he has to lay there uh, yeah. with his arms out like that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty tough. Though they do peel that big chunk of chocolate off of Dominic's face, and he's got like something in his nose, and they do. That's pretty gross. I'm amazed they have enough for a body bag for Neville. <laughs> I, Get on top of that ca- that ambulance again. Yeah. I I don't know what they put in that bag because that would have burned for hours, I would think. I would think so. Because there would be subsequent explosions as like other tanks of stuff blew up. In a medical facility, yes. Yeah, like the nitrogen they use for the cryo chamber and all kinds of other things. All that stuff. It would have been like, kaboom, hours later, kaboom. Yeah. A few minutes later, kaboom. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with you though. I think Mark is a better body because of what he had to go through. Okay, after the credits. After the credits. So Debbie and Bill are broken people. Yeah, they got, they've got to be. There is a Samantha-shaped hole in the Midsummer County sign. <laughs> she has no reason to stay. 
Do you think she's going to cut her losses? I think she is out of midsummer so quickly. It's not funny. Where does she, the, where, why do you think she would leave? The, the only thing she cared about was the chocolate shop and it has some bad, bitter memories now. Nobody's eating chocolate from there anytime no. soon. I'm sorry. They're no. going to have to turn it into a she's shoe store She's selling or something. that house and <laughs> gone. She's gone. Bill owns the team. Luckily, Bill owns the team. Like, a normal person who is given a team like that would suddenly like like an owner of a team like that can own it because they have wealth. Yeah. Bill is a coach, but he's not a wealthy person. But we have to assume that he now owns well, used to own the fitness center. <laughs> the, the what was left the treatment the, center. Yeah. That hopefully had some good insurance to restore it. I think Debbie and Guy are fine. He's going to give up his crusade and maybe move on with his life and do something else, coach some kids or something. Which is good. Which is good. But as a couple, they're okay. But she's going to need some help. Yep. Because, wow, that's a lot. I think Belinda's going to be sad. She's going to miss her grandson. She needs to move into the old folks' home with Tom's aunt. Yes. From Blue Heron. Yes. She needs to move in there. I agree. Danny, Danny also gets the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> Danny's going to go play for a team in Abu Dhabi or Saudi Arabia yeah, or something. Something like that. Where they don't know about his past and he can get paid big money. They won't take money. pictures of him coming out of nightclubs. <laughs> he, get, he gets papped. Yep. That's gross. <laughs> Paparazzi doesn't bother me, but papped bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds yucky. Oh, so that is the Lions of Coston. Yep. It's a fun episode. It's got a big boom in it and a bunch of butts. It has a big boom and a bunch of butts. And the first gay kiss in Midsummer. Yep. Applause. Good I, for them. I, I love that they they kind of kiss on the forehead. Then they're like, let's Screw do it. this. Smooch. Smooch. Yeah. It's good stuff. And I like that the like it is shown as that homosexual people have actual relationships, not just lust for each other i wish neville wasn't the killer though yes. that would be a little bit better representation yes if if being gay and in love didn't make him crazy yes that'd be kind of nice kind of but who else could be the killer here i think it's the smoking that makes him crazy i think maybe belinda's really the killer. maybe like she she maybe she got some tips from joyce about how to get away with it maybe and convince other people that they did it you never know who knows she wouldn't kill Tom. No. Anyhow, that's the Lions of Coston. What do we have next time? In two weeks, we're going to take a week off because yes. you're going to the comic conventions and stuff, yes. which is awesome. But then we've got season 20, episode five. Which is Till Death Do Us Part, which is the Barnabys go to a friend's wedding and somebody dies. Stuff goes down. And then we have the clown episode. Sarah doesn't like clowns. I'll, I'll be able to handle it. I can okay. handle it. Okay. It'll be all right. All right. Until then, bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. Uh, kind of, except he's a murderer, too. Dominic? Oh, okay. I'm confused now. Okay. The old lady. And her grandson, the chocolatier. They are, oh, yes. Okay, do you want, yeah. me, do you want me to start again? Yes. <clears throat> Delete, edit. <laughs>